Are we live? Okay. Uh, we're still setting stuff up, and one of our panelists is going to the bathroom currently, so give us a second. Play that weird music again. <laughs> I knew he was going to do this, too. I, I think this mic is broken. Did you break the mic? No, I think it's... Uh, I'm fixing it. Hey, whenever Rami walks back in from the bathroom, everyone boo him. Oh, I was going to say clap for him, but hey, uh, is there internet on this, on this laptop? You can't get internet Yay! on it? Hey! <laughs> like it all, we can't get any Harris, sort of internet. Harris wanted us to boo you. I, f I fixed it. I fixed the mic. I'm really proud of myself. Yeah, give us like two more minutes. Oh my god, thank you so much. Yeah. So nice. Should I have taken longer? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just feel like technology doesn't work. You know? As game developers, she learns that really fast. <laughs> okay, there's a debate going on between a friend and I, and I think you all can help. Rami, I'm interested in your thoughts here. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I need you to stall, Anya. Just stall. Yeah, it's kind of why I'm here. Great, awesome. Now, you, now you're drawing attention to Jesus it. Jesus so. Christ, That's Dylan. Like, come on. So, okay, my friend who... Hey, are you stalling yet? Thank you. I can leave. <laughs> are, we just, are we just all leaving? This is great. Um, so, okay, so my friend who works in tabletop, he, only, he won't say video games. He only says digital games. No, and let's clarify. That's all tabletop people. Right, Victoria? Wow. Okay. I'm also a video game producer. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Um, but so I was like, and so we got, we just kind of got into it a little bit, and I was like, but I don't call tabletop games analog games. So like, sh should you say digital games or video games? What do you think? Oh, the audience is split. Okay, okay, raise your hand if you say video games. Okay, I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> raise your hand if you say digital games. Right. Those people can... Okay, you can leave. Yeah. <laughs> we'll split the room in two groups. We'll all see you at PAX Unplugged. There, all the other people there, okay. and then just fight. Well, I guess there is a third option. How many people say both interchangeably? Okay, all right. Thank you for your honesty. How many people say analog games? I mean, I say analog games sometimes, to be fair. See, this guy right here? He's like, I, really, I also really like Linux. <laughs> Analog games are, are like not necessarily board games. It's like Jax. Jax is an analog game. Oh right? my god. What is Jax? It's like, I don't even freaking know, dude. It's like, like the, did this no, make I, it to Europe? I'm European. I might have no idea what you're talking it's, about. It's you bounce the ball on the floor, and when the ball jumps, it hits the ground and comes up. That's how much time you have to grab these things called Jax, which are spiky ass metal like, like <laughs> weapons. This country is weird as shit, man. <laughs> what do you do to your kids? <laughs> make them play Jax. Oh, oh, no, that's darts, actually yeah. murder. The yeah. lawn darts thing? No. Oh, Rami, I have one for you. I'm, can I sit in the audience and this just turns into a panel about the weird shit American people play <laughs> with their kids? Is anyone here familiar with the, uh, the stump game, the stump and the axe game? This is a thing that I apparently... It's called chopping wood. <laughs> There's two people, so I, you Did didn't make it up. Make... I genuinely thought you made it up, but two no. people were like, yeah, no, I, I know this shit. Okay, my friend from Boston was like, yeah, you would go out in the woods and you would just find like a stump and you'd get like a six pack of beer and you'd drink beer and then you take an axe and you throw the axe in the air and whoever yeah. can get the axe to land on the stump wins. And I was like, I think the person who doesn't get murdered wins in this game. <laughs> Oh boy, we are learning I mean, a lot. Wow, I like got dark. Okay, like, Who said that? Okay, but <laughs> I'm I'm from a country where like the thing kids do that's weird is like we 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 take a rope and we put a nail on it up on the end, right? Okay. And, and if this was an American game, I don't know what would happen. But in the Netherlands, we tie the rope around our waist and then you get a traffic cone and you try to lower the nail into. The hole at the top of the traffic cone. We call it nail pooping. I don't know why that happened, but it's like nail pooping. Super pop. Yeah, you have the nail at the back of you, and then you just try to lower it into the traffic cone. That's how, like a kiss thing. How often Here, are you around traffic cones? Just like you've got you get, your you get traffic cones. How often do you have a fucking axe? Like <laughs> you make shit happen if you wanna. If you're bored and you wanna play a game. Wait, but how often do you have a rope and a nail? 
I mean, for this game, you just go and buy one. Can we please start it's the like panel? like the school activity. Yes, I'm ready. Uh, can we get can we get the the laptop oh screen? Oh my god. If no, we can. I'm talk I'm more projecting. About this shit. I'm presenting the thing. I was just legitimately concerned. He was like, like when he told me that this game, he was just like, yeah, you know, you throw an axe in the air, and I was like, there. Let's take like 14 steps back before you get to just throwing an axe in the air as fun. <laughs> I mean, okay, I really want to know what this lawn darts thing is. So oh, you know oh, lawn darts? Boy. Okay, so lawn darts is essentially you. It's have you ever played uh, cornhole? What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are good. <laughs> <laughs> this, this. Am I, am I? I'm terrified here. You know that, like you understand that I. So lawn darts, you stand in. I've never played it, but this is how I understand it. You stand on either ends of a field and you chuck these like basically missiles up in the air with like nails on the end of them, like thick, like railway style nails. And they land in the lawn on like spray painted targets, bullseyes, and you. Children have died from this, right? Yeah, children have okay. definitely yeah. died from lawn darts. I think nobody has died died from the nail pooping thing. So. I'm like... <laughs> All right, welcome. Hey, Pack South. How you doing? I want you all to know that this panel is being recorded, and I'm going to have a strong debate with myself whether or not to keep that, that preamble keep in. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Oh, wow. You started a chance. Yes. Yes. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll stay. I might put it in the end. Like, it's like okay. outro music, and then I'll come back into you guys talking about whatever the fuck you guys are talking about. Uh, it is 13 plus, by the way, so if you're concerned about cursing, don't be here. Um, welcome to Hidden Gems, Discovering the Undiscovered of Pack South. Oh, you got my Twitter right this time. Good job. Yes, wow. I missed it. <laughs> I missed he it he got my there. Twitter wrong, and I think a bunch of people followed a Russian bot on accident. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? Maybe I'm if not, it wasn't like funny. you just threw a bunch of letters together. It's Anya. symmetrical, mate. It's Anya is a palindrome. Yeah, but it's not. There, there should be two A's in it. Anyways, um, I'm Dylan Alvento. I am the co-founder of Ward Games. Let me introduce to you our panelists. Please give a round of applause for each one to introduce. First off, Anya Combs of <laughs> Kickstarter. She's the one who makes the magic happens at games at Kickstarter. Oh, thanks. I try. Uh, next up, Rami Ismail, 50% of <laughs> Vlambeer. <laughs> Wearing now what I guess is the retro Ultra Bug shirt. No, this is because we forgot to make a logo the first time we showed this game, and I realized in the airplane to the show, so uh -huh. I drew it in paint real quick. Yeah, but now you have a logo, so now this is like the, well, the, the retro one. Logo, so yeah. yeah, I guess this is the retro logo. The shirt is available on teespring.com, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just getting right to the promos. Uh, joining me on my left, uh, first off, Harris Foster, uh, community designer at Finji. And uh, last but certainly not least, Victoria Kanya, uh, designer at Cat Quartet Games and also uh, producer at Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> All right, so this is our third year doing this at PAX South. I always enjoy doing PAX South. It's, it's a cool PAX. It's fun PAX. Um, who's been here before? Just out of curiosity. Awesome. Welcome back. Uh, we didn't scare you away last time. That's great. Um, so, for those of you who don't know how this panel works, basically I ask all these fine folks up here to scour the show floor, find some stuff, pick it out, bring it back to the panel. Um, so, how this is going to go, we're going to go down and we're going to talk about each one of these games. Some of them aren't games, some of them are experiences. If you are here last year, there was a particular experience Harris enjoyed talking about. I went over all the secret bathrooms in this convention center. <laughs> I have never looked at a bathroom the same, I'll be honest. I recently saw somebody just walk out of a random alley in, in Schiphol Airport, and the first thing I thought of was you, and it turned out there was a secret bathroom there, so thank you. For Trust that. in the secret bathroom. Go down hallways, explore, you'll find a quiet place to go, number or, or two. Or an axe. And it's great. <laughs> um, so, uh, for each slide that we show up here, it'll show the name of the game, picture of the game, so you get an idea of what the game's like. Uh, someone will have chosen the game, and they're kind of going to lead discussion on talking about it. And then I also list the uh, name of the developer, or basically how you look them up 
in what is now the Pack South app. They don't use Guidebook anymore, right. so you have to go through their dedicated app if you want to look it up that way, or it's in the program. Um, and then also like a booth number or something. We try to give you as much information as possible so you can find the thing. Um, but uh, we'll get going. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do yeah. It. All right. All right. All right. So I'm going to start just to give everyone an impression. Uh, Victoria, you can also help because you wanted to showcase this showcase this game as well. Uh, this is Garden Story, which is in uh, Packs Together, which is like a new initiative they're doing. I don't know if this is only at South or is this going to be first a first time I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. First time I've seen it too. So uh, they have like a couple indie initiatives at Packs now. They have Packs Rising. They have Packs the Indie Showcase, um, and then they also have we're now Packs Together, and they have yeah. Packs Ten uh, at West only packs together is like about showcasing like um uh minority developers and people in like yeah 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 um and yeah like in the lgbtq community um so garden story is like this very cute uh kind of zelda-esque rpg where you play a grape and you play a grape and you attack things being a grape um i honestly always thought that was a turnip this its like name's Concord. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Concord grapes. Grape. Is that a brand? That's a, that's a breed of grape. This is going to go over a lot of people's heads outside of the U.S. Lawn darts grapes. <laughs> I believe it's a turnip. Now I got to keep that audio it's like in. like the cornhole of grapes. <laughs> um, Victoria, what did you think of this game? I thought this game was so cute. I actually saw this at the Seattle's Indies Expo, and I'm like, what? This is you got to play a grape? It looks like Stardew Valley. It does play mm. like Stardew Valley. Mm -hmm. And I asked them, can you explain to me, what is the premise of this? And they said, you're playing this grape, Concord, and you are trying to save your town from a rot that is appearing all over the place. So you play as a grape that has this like tiny sword and you're using a combination of like talking to people in your community and also fighting stuff in dungeons in order to progress the story. So it's super cute and they're also giving out, they're giving out grape pins if you're one of the first 30 people. Cool. The, the Stardew Valley comparison is really good actually because it is meticulous like the mm -hmm. combat in Stardew Valley. Like if you go into the mines in Stardew Valley, it's like... There, there, there's a there's a deliberateness to like the pacing of it, mm -hmm. which this game does. Yeah, and then also has like the the classic like Zelda sliding puzzles and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's just so enjoyable when you talk to people in the town because I love Stardew Valley. I love Harvest Moon games and stuff. And I was walking through the town as this grape, and I I'd encounter other people. I'm like, is this a pickle man? Like, is <laughs> is this a broccoli but he's upside down? So. There is a pickle. His name is Dilford. Oh, that was that was really his yeah. name. So, yeah. So is is there farming in this game? I didn't run into any. I did not encounter farming. There okay. might yeah. be. You mentioned Stardew Valley, which made me think of farming. And if there's farming in a game where you play Are as great. food, <laughs> really, really, it gets that's, into that's a weird Animal Crossing a discomfort. Yeah. Yikes. It's like, do you eat Pokemon and do the Pokemon eat other Pokemon? Like, you get into that ethics quandary. I just want to say that in the first Pokemon season, you see them, like, birds are eating. Worms and those are and just like normal fish, animals. Like yeah. normal it's not a caterpie. It's not a weedle. Yeah. It's just a worm. There are no rules anymore. <laughs> it's chaos. Um, moving on. Harris Foster. Yeah. At Harris Foster. Yeah. Tell me about Bill Hates Video Games. Bill Hates Video Games uh, is a really neat little game uh, that's part of the uh, one of those indie clubs uh, that you mentioned. Uh, I can't. What's uh, it's at Pax Rising. Pax Rising. Oh, it's it's written right there. Yeah. If um, you look okay. at the screen, you could see it. Okay. Yeah. Harris. Um, it is developed by Somsoft, uh, <laughs> named after Sam Polivon. Who is is just a dude? Um, he's, he, he's working on it with uh, uh, M. James Short, uh, and they're working on it together. It's a wonderful little uh, adventure kind of light RPG where he plays a man named Bill who gets sucked into a video game, and he he hates video games. Uh, so like his roommate was left his game on, he got sucked into the game, and now it's up to him to like find his way back home. Uh, and it features a lot of great mechanics such as pushing blocks, swinging a sword and a dedicated fart button. Um, oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lovely little uh, demo they have. They built specifically for packs. There's, like, specific packs jokes in the demo. Um, and, yeah, I really liked what I played of it. Yeah, I saw some footage uh, of what they had online for, like, a trailer or something. And it's not just, like, hey, here's this, like, grumpy guy that's, like, in, like, a fun, fantastical world where everyone loves each other. He, like, walks up to a bee in one of the trailers, and the bee, A, has, like, a Scottish accent, 
like in his dialogue, the way it's written, and he's just like, "Oh, stay away from my fucking hive." He's just like, like just immediately aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Just like, not only does Bill hate video games, video games hate Bill. Yeah. Uh, there's a little survey at the beginning of the game that kind of like I don't, I don't I'm not sure if it does anything, but it'll kind of get it, uh, your read as the player, and it'll say, you know, what are you doing? And it'll say, oh, I'm you know trying to go home, or oh, I'm playing a video game, and there's a special choice that says, oh, I'm at PAX. And so I clicked that and it said, how are you liking it? And all the choices were like, not into it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not feeling it. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's got some really terrific writing. Uh, it's it's done a thing that video games have rarely been able to do, which is make me laugh on purpose. Like, you'll have a game with a funny bug <laughs> yeah. or, like, you know, cringy stuff, but this one, like, they set out to tell a joke, they nail the joke, and, uh, yeah, it's also a really tight demo. It's, like, really short, but you get the vibe of the game really quick. That's yeah. cool. Do you, do, you, do you know, like, what they want to do with the game? Because it sounds like it's specific for pa- specific for just packs. Uh, I'm fairly certain Sam wants to turn it into a full project, perhaps through the help of Kickstarter. I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> and uh, can, can you yeah. pitch Kickstarter real quick? What is this? Oh, like, yeah, you ever play like... cornhole? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Let's, let's, nope. let's keep this rolling. Uh, yeah. All right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm forward. It's, it's going to be a full-fledged game. <laughs> cool. Uh, I can see it going a lot of places. Uh, you know, it's not going to be a game that you're super uh, stoked to get into gameplay-wise, but mm. it's got a rather compelling no- narrative that's just laid out in the demo alone and can lead to what I assume is uh, going to be a really good story. Do we know if, um, and totally okay if nobody knows the answer to this, do we know if this is his first game? Uh, Sam uh, has worked on a few games. Yeah. Uh, he, he works in cool. Austin uh, oh, okay. making uh, VR games currently. Cool. He uh, worked on a game on, uh, on phones called Ludi Dungeons. Oh, um, right. Which was, yeah, it was kind of around the microtransaction uh, age of phone games. But he also made that very personal game that got into the Smithsonian That's right. exhibit. I, 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 I can't uh, remember the after, name of it. Uh, uh, pre-shave. Yes. It's called Pre-shave. Yeah. Uh, it, you yes. know, uh, it's, uh, Sam is a person of color who uh, gets harassed at airports uh, by mm-hmm. TSA, and he uh, wanted to make a game about uh, presenting himself uh, in a... You know, acceptable manner to the TSA, uh, and that is what uh, pre-shave is. It's it's a wonderful project. This yeah. this feels like a very like I think this game would gel with me pretty well. I think I would. Un- yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. Oh boy. Uh, all right, I put Rami's name here. This is actually Anya's. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, we're I mean, basically this the same great. person. I, I have no, but this looks great. I'm, get her I, I love this game. Um, I've never seen it before. There is at least one slide on here I made sure that has Anya's Twitter handle on it. So. That's okay. Also, my voice is cracking because I've been in a booth <laughs> all of yesterday, so I'm just like, hi. <laughs> this looks great. So, <laughs> Anya, tell me about your game. This this has gone off the rails. Um, so <laughs> We're at game one for everybody. I know. So, hello, my name is Rami. Um, this is a game <laughs> called Calico. <laughs> So this is a, uh, I wrote some notes down, so so forgive me, they're a little disjointed, but this is a uh, day-in-the-life community sim. So you play as one of, you have the option to play as two different girls, magical girls, um, and you basically just kind of like run around and explore and you have to rebuild the town's cafe and fill it with like cute creatures. So it's sort of a like, um, I wrote down it's a stress-reducing sim through animal interactions and task completion. So I think this is one of those games. So I'm I'm currently playing The Witcher Three at home, and like I, and this and is just like it. This is just like it. Um, you know, just don't know the difference between the two. Um, but this kind of happened to me also when I was uh, like when I spent last year deep in a depression playing a lot of Dragon Age, and I just found that the most satisfying part of playing those games was just running around collecting things. Like I was like combat's full cool whatever like no big deal. But I was like I just want to collect stuff and explore. Like that was that was just. That was my jam. So this really kind of hits on that if that's kind of your jam when you're playing. <laughs> All of these like really kind of like deep, intense games. Um, at one point, you can put the cats on your head, which is really cute. But then you can also put a red panda on your head, which is the cutest thing in a video game. <laughs> um, if you So this, this cat, this like larger cat on the left-hand side. Yeah, this horse. What is, what is this? What is, I'm just like, can you put that on your head? Because I think no, people no. die. Like, is that why you compare it to American The Witcher? Is that Roach? Yeah. What? Nothing. Oh. Well, you can you can you can ride that cat. <laughs> it's an like actual a, horse. Yeah, it's like a pony cat uh, horse. I see, it, mount. Mount. Oh, mount. Sorry. Thank you. Mount. It's a video game sorry. Technology. Sorry. In a digital so, yeah. game. 
Which is just like super cute. But it's basically like like I think I think one of the compelling things about this game for me at least is like um, I think sometimes there's so much freneticness in games and so being able to have an experience that's just kind of like calm and stress reducing and also like interact with animals. Oh, I just got to look what happened. That cat is terrifying. Like, if, if I came across that cat, I would run the fuck Well, away. my name is Rami Ismail, and I really like this okay, cat. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, please tweet that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of cool, like, being able to interact with animals in a digital way, because I'm allergic to everything. So I was like, oh, cool, I get to pet a cat and not have my face break out in hype. Can you, in fact, pet the cat? You can pet the cat. All right, let the oh. Twitter account know. Yep. That's important. Yeah. Does anyone else have anything they want to say about this game? I don't want to take well, up. So uh, I guess, what, is, what, what did you do in this demo? Oh, I didn't play it because I don't touch things at PAX. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allergic to everything. Like, I'm already sick and have congestion, and it's, it's like, That's terrible. Smart. But basically, I, I watched a lot of people play. So basically, you, um, you can go into the store, and you are able to, like, decorate your cat cafe. You collect... Um, you like collect animals and bring them back to the to the cat cafe. The cat cafe kind of seems like a um, like a shelter more than anything else to to be able to kind of take care of all these animals. But you'd basically just run around and explore. Cool. That's nice, Joe. Awesome. It's a big cat. Then run away from the big cat. <laughs> no, you big, mount big that cat? cat. Yes, that's big. Big, big the cat. Big the cat. Okay. Uh, Victoria, the artful so. escape. <sighs> so I oh I don't need, is this even working? Yeah, it's uh, working. So I love Annapurna games. Um, just everything at their booth is always great, like Kentucky mm-hmm. Route Zero, uh, Sinara Wild Heart, uh, Donut County. And I was excited because this time, um, before the convention opened, because I'm also an exhibitor, I saw this. And I'm like, oh, good, they're giving away a pin. And also, it looks super beautiful. And I waited, I waited, and I thought people going through the demos would you know, be at the computer and be there briefly, but they were staying for a long time. And I was wondering, why are they staying for so long? You know, can't you just play briefly and then get an idea of how it plays? And then it was finally my turn, and I understood why. It's because this game is a real experience. Um, You basically put on your headphones, and you are transported to this psychedelic world where you're playing this teenage guitar prodigy who is... um, like traversing in this side-scrolling adventure through his imagination. And basically, you're jamming out. You have a guitar. So as you're sliding around through the environment, when you play music, things in the environment also start to play music with you. Uh, so it's, it's, it's got a great story. The art is so beautiful and whimsical. And the way that it plays, it plays so smoothly that it's, it was relaxing. And I, I can't, actually, I went back to it like three times so I could just replay it over and over. And it felt like one of those games where you wish that you could forget it so that way you could play it again for the first time and remember the magic. So that's the Artful Escape. That's cool. I've been seeing this game a lot. Like they've showcased it on like a couple E3s. Like I think like on the, on the Xbox press conference and stuff. And it always looks great. Yeah. But I've yet to touch it. This game... I really wanted to talk about this game too, Victoria. So oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I'm glad that like it's on here. So um, the team behind this game, they're called Beethoven and Dinosaur, <laughs> which is already just like an amazing name. Um, but the main guy, his name is, um, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it's Johnny Galvatron, which might be the coolest name in the Galvatron. world. Galvatron. Wow. Yeah. Galvatron. So he like, he has a history of, he's in like, he's like a cool rock and roll dude. <laughs> Um, and I think he really kind of infuses that into this game. But this game, I, I wrote down that it's basically, um, this is sort of like if you were playing a Pink Floyd acid trip. Like, that's kind of what this game is, right? A happy like, one or a scary one? I got yes. a story about a scary one. I guess it kind of depends. <laughs> but it also, like... Um, this 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 also really reminds me of even just like the beginning of the game. It reminds me of um, the Who's Tommy, um, like the the oh, musical. Oh, the album. Okay. Yeah, it, there's just a little bit of element in there too. But it's like it's a very satisfying game more than anything else. Um, this game also like I hate to I hate to do the Kickstarter thing, so I apologize in advance and thank you for letting me say this. Um, so this game was originally on Kickstarter. This is one of the first games that I helped um, a creator with when I started at Kickstarter, and he didn't fund. And I was like totally heartbroken. Um, but I think this is a good example of someone using Kickstarter as a way to be like, I really hope I fund. It's totally okay if I don't, because like 
what ended up happening, like three years later, he's being published by Annapurna, which is yeah, incredible. So yeah. they, they seem to be like kind of cornering the market on this particular type of like music based game with like this and Sayonara. What did I say last year at this panel? Well, Ape Ape you did Ape uh, yeah, you, you talked about Ape Out. Well, yeah, but I also said that I think that music games are going to be the new thing. <gasps> just saying. <gasps> cool. <laughs> Not so much that I psychic as I'm psychic as I just like look at trends. <laughs> Psychic trends. Yeah. Also, if nobody's played uh, Cyanara Wild Hearts, go play that game. Oh, yeah. yeah, I will say, if, like, PAX South is the best opportunity to play Annapurna games because that booth is, like, less crowded than it usually is at one. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, the, I played Donut County here at an Annapurna booth, like, two years ago, and when I tried at the other PAXs, it was, there's oh, no way I was getting happen. my hands on yeah. that game. Yeah. Uh, all right, this one is actually from Rami, not on your oh, Rami. I thought this was Anya's. <laughs> Because well, uh, I'm, I'm actually wearing the Infernic shirt. Yeah. Are you really? <laughs> yeah, yes, this is yeah. shirt. Great. Um, <laughs> totally accidentally. Yeah, I was walking around the show floor trying to find some games for this panel, and uh, I, I came across this one. And, and part of that is because I have sort of a, I have a, a sort of reaction to the Just Shapes and, um, and Beats soundtrack. Because okay, they're, yeah. They're frequently You're near, drawn to it? They're, well, they're frequently near our booth at events. And so you, get, you, you build sort of a resistance to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then when it just comes out of nowhere, I wanted to go check it out. Um, and they have this, which if you're a fan of Just Shapes and Beats, this has nothing to do with that. Uh, <laughs> but it is the same, it's the exact same studio. Uh, it's called Infernax, and they pitched it to me, uh, very simple. Uh, what if Zelda 2 was good? <laughs> wow, I know some people would be very angry about that statement. <laughs> so... Um, I actually, we, at Flambeer, we did a game where, where we tried to make a dinosaur game that was good okay. uh, once, and because we couldn't find any good dinosaur games, we had Turok, games with right? dinosaurs, but not good, good dinosaur games. Um, so we tried to make a good dinosaur game, and, and we failed horribly. Like, what we made was an abysmal dinosaur game, uh, and we don't like to talk about that. But uh, Infernax actually seems like they're taking the premise of that pitch and, and, and kind of doing it. Um, it, it is exactly what it looks like, just uh, a lot more gory than Zelda 2 was, I think, as well. Um, I don't remember if Zelda 2 was particularly gory, but I'm, I'm guessing not. Um, yeah, you can straight up murder error. It's just blood everywhere. Nice. I don't remember that. That's a lie. Is that, is that the American version? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <It's a game. laughs> That's the but, stump axe version. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so if you play this, it, it, it is exactly an old-style old kind of Zelda 2-like game in that when you attack, you can't move anymore, that kind of stuff. Okay. So it has that cadence of the, the sort of nostalgia of games used to kind of suck. Um, <laughs> and then slowly we try to figure out how to make better games. But then a lot of the things that used to suck now feel kind of great because they're what you're used to as a kid. Like, I'm so happy that we can shoot and move at the same time in games now. Like, it's great. <laughs> like, greatest invention of An all innovation. time. innovation. Uh, can you imagine first-person shooters... And it was still the old style. Every time you want to shoot, you have to stop moving first. <laughs> and move the reticle yeah, go and nice style. Reticle with like, so, so, but this is that, and it turns out that that actually feels kind of nice now. Uh, so I just, I just grinned through most of this. I mean, the story is non-existent, as far as I can tell. Um, your, your character, you walk around and you hit things. And then if you hit I'm them following. enough, they fall over. Uh -huh. uh, if they hit you enough, you fall over. Uh, it's about the best recommendation I can give for a video game. Like, I don't know what would capture the essence of a video game more than exactly this. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of characters over on the left side here. Are those, like, townspeople, or are those also... Yeah, they're NPCs. They have an AI. I'm not sure if the AI is very good, because they keep dying. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it's a good way to have more gore on the screen, which we all know that's, that's, that's the thing video games need. Yeah. Uh, so it's that. It's, like, hyper-gory good Zelda 2. Awesome. All right. Oh, this game. Uh, this <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have heard about this game. I've, I've never gotten a chance to play it. First off, the guy that demoed the game to me, very charming Australian man with a Hawaiian shirt. He's really sweet. Not yeah. buttoned up all the way, just like good, good amount of chest hair. Uh, very excited to talk about this game. Um, so speaking simulator is uh, so basically you play as an AI that's trying to take over the world, and so they construct a, a human... Um, but they don't know how to talk, like, normally, or right? And, like, they constantly have to think about articulating their face in order to make sound. 
So you basically do a bunch of encounters where you are like moving. It starts out with you're just moving the person's face. So like you can kind of see at the bottom of the character's chin, there's like a green arrow that's like appearing. So you basically like with a mouse and keyboard, you drag their like chin down and they go, oh, and they like make the first like syllable and then like you move it around. And so like you move it up and down and in and out to like make the different uh, uh, mouse shapes to make the noises. And then it introduces this tongue cam. Um, and this the best t- sentence you could have possibly said. I yeah. Think. And this tongue cam, basically, you use the arrow keys to move, like, the tip of the tongue around. And there are these, like, you can see one lit up red. There are, like, these three LEDs, two on the roof of the mouth, one at the bottom. And you want to click them in. And you do that in sequence or, or synced up with moving the guy's chin and mouth up and down and left and right, and you're doing all that together to try to like form the sentence, and then you see uh, the the text on the bottom, and the green is what you've already achieved, and the red is like you you did it wrong, or you took too long, um, and basically you go through like this entire arc of like first you go on a date, and the and the person you go on a date was like wow like you're really attractive and articulate, I love this. <laughs> And then, like, eventually there's a point, I saw some screenshots online, like, you, like, run for president? (laughs) And so it's, like, you standing at a podium when the American flag's behind you, and I guess you're trying to convince the American people to vote for you? Oh, boy. Yeah. It's pretty good. (laughs) Were were video games a mistake? I'm just... (laughs) Yeah. Video games only... Did we need this creative power in the world that somebody sits there and goes, like, let's move a chin? (laughs) Like, this guy... I love it. I'm very excited. Like this is this is this is the best this is the best thing I've heard. Tongue cam might be the best thing I've heard all day. And when you move the tongue around, you'll like knock into your teeth and the teeth are all just like <laughs> chipsets. They're just like RFID chips and they'll f- come loose and they'll just like fall out of the person's mouth as they're talking. Uh, it's very good. And then if, <laughs> well, you know you know about teeth? Yeah. It's funny. Let me explain humor to you. Hard pass. <laughs> I will so, play the so, fuck out of this, but like also. <laughs> do you do you get the impression that like should you get good enough at this game, you could start like freestyling and like make this guy <laughs> say stuff that's not what he's like told to say? That would be good. I'm I would like that. that. Yeah, I will start talking like that. Like, <laughs> well, if now I get used to enough, I just have to speak by like moving my chin around. I'm like, like this super self conscious now. Like I can feel my tongue in my mouth right now, and it's I, weird. I can feel my teeth coming loose. Yeah, yeah. Keep your teeth in, mate. Yeah. I want to see a speed run of this game. <laughs> That's what I want to see. <laughs> Mike Sherwin, make sure she's made with daily. Uh, it, it was very fast. Were you telling me that like it's delightfully busted in that his whole body just starts falling apart as you play? The well, game? yeah. When you fail, like his like his like head like starts coming apart, where like his ears will like come out on springs, and then like his like he has like a head plate that like right. shoots out. So it's not it's not too dissimilar from being on the stage and being anxious <laughs> yeah. about yes. what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. But the um. But yes. But like they have to they have to like contort the tongue, like the actual model of the tongue. So like you'll watch it in real time, just get like twisted and like. T- Knotted around, technology, like technologically, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's just it's just funny to behold, and then it'll oh, like no. it'll like flip back like down their throat and stuff because you're just directing it. It's just like, <laughs> you know, just normal stuff. No. Yeah, video games were definitely a mistake. <laughs> all right, moving on. Here's Foster. All hands on deck. Yeah, all hands on deck. All hands on deck. Everyone, all hands on deck. Um, so this uh, this is a uh, a game that you can find around <laughs> PAX uh, because it is on Colin's back. And uh, it's a homemade arcade cabinet of a delightful uh, uh, arcade game for uh, mobile devices uh, where it's basically a breakout or some kind of uh, balancing game where you are shooting a ball into the air and colliding with objects. The ball comes back to you, catch it, shoot it back, and so on. Uh, difference with this one is the ball is uh, a pig, and uh, you are fighting against watermelons raining from the sky as well as crates. But mainly I wanted to highlight this because of just how creative this uh, uh, exhibit is. Um, it is not a booth. Yeah, normally you'd have the booth number down there. It is Colin's back. Um, but lucky for you, um, Hams, are you here? Hey, um, if you would like to play all Hams after this show, Colin will be out in the lobby. Colin, where's the onesie? Yeah, why aren't you wearing the onesie today, dude? 
That's a good point. You were just dripping at the end of the day yesterday. Um, but yeah, it's really... This battle is a mistake. What is... <laughs> yeah. it's a Do you really... want to go back to the teeth? Let's go. No, actually, you know what? Let's keep... No, let's stay here. Really fun game to play. Uh, it's got a local high score system just for packs. Uh, so if you see ass on the leaderboard, that's your boy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> It's just uh, it's just real fun to do. It's it's a good. What's guy can't see over there? What's he doing? <laughs> he took his glasses off. It's oh, okay. fine. It's All fine. Right. It's fine. He's just uh, rubbing his eyes. Uh, yeah, it's fun to spot Colin out there and just like kind of walk behind him while he's talking to people, touching his back. Um, yeah, super super neat. Great construction on that, uh, uh, and I believe it's also going to be available on your own phone soon. Yeah, it's it's a mobile game. You know, every mobile game wants money from you. Right, God, game developers—they don't—they don't deserve like money. But like, um, uh, Hams has really good monetization too when it comes to like how to you know support a game developer. And there's some good stuff in there. Rad, rad. Oh, that one—that one's on there a second time. Oh no, Victoria, did I not put your other? Hopefully, I put your other one on here. We'll find out. All right, Uh, Rami. Yeah, so this is from Rust, which might be the hardest game to Google in the history of all video games, I think. Uh, I don't know, like, if, if you type this, the game comes up on, like, page seven of Google. Yeah, it's like After. Rust strats. Rust. How to win at Rust. How do you run from enemy in Rust? Uh, yeah, so this, this is actually the worst titled game I've, I've come across in a long time. Uh, but the game itself is, is actually surprisingly clever. It's, it's, a, it's a collectible card game. Um, and a dungeon crawler. Uh, if you've played uh, Dicey Dungeons, it has a little bit of that DNA in it. Um, it's, it's a lot more... Like the, the, the beauty of Dicey Dungeons is that it's very elegant and, and very like uh, abstracted into something that's very easy to grasp and very playable, and, and the possibility space is sort of easy to manage. This is kind of the opposite of that. So it's not super elegant in a way. What it is, is it, it really accepts that it's a complicated game and um, that it's not necessarily for everybody. They've done a really good job at making it play intuitively, though. Uh, you're trying to get through these dungeons with the characters on the, on the left side by playing cards. You collect cards as you go. Um, if we're talking about devs making money, like I, at first, like my first response to this is like, are you? Is this the kind of game where you're gonna sell cards or something? But yeah. it, it's just a premium game. You buy it and then you play all of it. Um, it's a fun little world. It's sort of like a, a strange post-apocalyptic world. It's I hate the kind of world where it's like humanity stands on the brink of extinction. Like I like the the worlds where it's like humanity has fallen <laughs> over the edge of extinction and you know shit. We'll just deal with it. Um, <laughs> So I'm I'm a fan of this sort of like flamethrower smiley robot face thing, you know, like that's that's kind of the that's the future I want to see if <laughs> if Armageddon is like a thing that's happening. Yeah, this Thomas the Tank Engine robot. I mean, like, what the alternative is also sad. Is <laughs> we're gonna send Matthew McConaughey to save humanity again? Like, well, months. now it's Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, it's Brad Pitt nowadays. God, those are boring. Oh, I, hate those, <laughs> I hate those stories so much. So, so uh, how would you describe an encounter in this game? What, how, what's... Well, so if, you, if you've played uh, Slate Aspire or Dicey Dungeons, it's, it's a very similar system. Deck you've, building. Yeah, you, you, okay. build, you build your deck, you build your possibility space, you've got your characters, they all have their strengths, weaknesses, and you basically figure out the best combination of things to do each, each move. Uh, the dungeons get pretty complicated um, eventually. Uh, it has a... I mean, it, it has the kind of learning curve that you would expect from a very complicated game and that it kind of takes time to ease into where the game actually gets interesting. Um, but, you know, playing it for a while, it's, it is remarkably fun uh, for a, a type of game that I normally don't play too long. Uh, so I feel like there's something here that uh, will be worth following and, you know, giving, giving it a go if this is the kind of thing you might enjoy. That's rad. This um, Raspberry Games is, is a friend of mine. His name is Dean. He lives in New York. And he actually used to be a lawyer and quit his job to do uh, game development full time. So also fully legally like acceptable, this game. Like, yeah. Everything <laughs> is according to law. This robot is yeah. according to spec. It's I mean, okay. injure all characters. <laughs> yeah. There's no question there. Uh, Victoria, I did include your other game. So tell me Yay. about oh, Fire Tower. Okay. So, or as I, I like to call it, Firewatch the board game. Oh. <laughs> So in this game, 
So you can see it's, a, it's an abstract strategy game where at the center of the board, there's this eternal flame that is growing every single turn. And you and up to three other players are manning fire towers at the corner of the board. And what you're trying to do is to be the last fire tower standing. And the way that you do that is by burning your friend's towers down. So, That's not fire safety. Um, <laughs> so it's funny because... You know, most people think like, oh, it's a fire game. We're trying to put the fires out, right? And they're like, no, this, um, in this game, you're trying to control the power of the wind and push it in other people's directions. So uh, every turn, the tools that you have at your disposal are you have a bunch of different cards in hand, um, and they do things like, one, you could change the direction of the wind. So let's say you're the tower that's in, you know, the southwest, and you're like, no, don't send the fire this way. You could change the direction of the wind to push it towards your opponent, so that way um, it's away from you. You could also do things like play these different uh, water cards that uh, have different patterns on this. It's like a grid-like board. And so you can use that to put out fire. And you can also use fire block tokens, so that way fire can't pass through those. And you can hope, like, okay, maybe if I build, um, if I put these different fire blocks here, maybe it won't get to my tower. And so it's a really, really fun game that you can just, like, pick up and play with anybody because it's so easy to learn uh, and have, like, a great old fight over fire. Um, oh, sorry. Do they have the, the thing they had at PAX Unplugged where it's the, just the giant, like, pits of these fire pieces oh maybe yeah but yeah these these fire gems are so cool yeah they you should check out their booth it's just what's cool about this is that sometimes in tabletop games and in video games a lot of things seem very manufactured but this game is made by like uh gwen and she's a writer and she does crafts and her partner sam and he's a um carpenter so everything at their booth is very artisan. Mm. And even the art, it's done by Gwen's dad, who is a fine artist. So that's why it gives me like brown bear, brown bear, what do you see art vibes. Yeah, I like, I like, like when you see a game like in mid-session, it's just all these fire pieces just kind of like scattered across this thing. But they're like making like some sort of line. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's like a 15 by 15 grid or something. It just, it looks cool to just look at. Yeah. I'm, I'm constructing this like lore in my head of just like four fire towers on the corner of this like island. And then each one has this like Gandalf looking dude in it. It's like going <laughs> that way, wind that way. And then like picking up his binoculars and looking and being like, oh, just like, just like. <laughs> did you have something to Oh, add? I, I was gonna ask, and I, and I think I answered my own question, so I apologize, but I was gonna ask if um, this is the first tabletop game that's been featured in a Hidden Gems panel that's not, that wasn't part of PAX Unplugged. Um, I don't know. I think we've showcased a tabletop one before, but I can't remember. I can't remember. But yeah, PAX Unplugged, obviously. It was all, it was all tabletop. It was all tabletop, yeah. Um, Rami. Again? Again. Back have up. any games? No. No, no I'm, I'm done. done. Zero games. Right. I got wow. limited to two after the bathroom thing last year. <laughs> <laughs> Broke protocol. So uh, Foregone is an interesting one, because if you look at it, you might think it's Dead Cells. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and it is. <laughs> um, like that's it it's, it's, it's Dead Cells uh, the, the one thing that people might like about Dead Cells is that you know you, you do your run and then you die and you get an entirely new world with, with new levels and, and structures and you know you, you gotta figure out stuff as you go and stay on your toes so if you like that about Dead Cells don't play this one uh, because this doesn't do that uh, Forgone is actually it takes, it takes a lot from Dead Cells and roguelikes but it, it's actually a linear game with hand-designed levels, it's going to be phenomenal for speedrunning. Um, yeah. It's 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 very tactical. It's it's kind of technical to play, um, but if you if you enjoy how Dead Cells plays, but you don't, you're not really into the get wrecked, start over kind of thing that they do. Uh, this this is Dead Cells where you will still get wrecked and have to start over, but at least you'll know where to go, uh, which. For some reason, felt very nice to me. Like I'm just very excited to go and learn how to go through. A, uh, maybe I'm just tired of roguelikes, uh, despite having made one, or maybe because having made one. Yeah, that would do it. I'm not sure. Would I'm, you I'm say, thinking about that. Would you say that it wrecks your shit? <laughs> oh God, here we go again. Yeah, this this game this game does wreck your shit. It's it's <laughs> it's hard. It's um, 
But it's like the sort of technical hard where you know if I played this or if you played this for like an hour or two, you'd be much better at it. Also, it's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the screenshot does not do it justice. Uh, actually, no screenshot will do it justice despite your very good choice of screenshot. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> but the movement in this game is, is beautiful and it's, it's the kind of 2D pixel art that they did by rendering it in 3D. Yeah, and, and then putting the shader here. Yeah. That, oh, that's, that's, it always sounds so simple, just because a developer nitpick. Um, whenever somebody says, like, oh, we rendered it in 3D and then, and then displayed it in 2D, it sounds like that is less work. Holy fuck, that's a fuck ton of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Because pixels are kind of binary, like they're on or off, and yeah, sure, they can have colors, but when you export 3D to 2D, the amount of cleanup you have to do on every frame of your animation is preposterous. Uh, to make a game like this look that good is, uh, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> That's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, but it's very good. And just if, if, you, if you, like I said, if you like the kind of action uh, roguelike that, uh, that sells this, go play Forgon. Rad. All right, Anya. Do you want to talk about this, or do you want me to talk about this? Where's my other one? Uh, it's after this. Oh, okay. This isn't the end. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so... This isn't the real photo that we're going to show. No. Okay. But we, we have to tee it up. We have up. to tee it up. Okay. So how many people have seen this on the floor? Most of you, right? Okay. This being this Mythic Quest, this Raven's mythic, Banquets. Yeah. So, um, the game, the, the show experience. The show experience. Presented right. by Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> Dylan, I feel like you kind of explained it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, it's fine. Um, so I walked in yesterday and I, and I, you know, you see all these uh, giant sort of things that people can take photos with. I think at um, PAX West, it was the like animatronic dinosaur, which was kind of cute and funny. Um, so I walked in yesterday and I saw, I saw this big raven bird thing. Um, and I, and I just happened to kind of look up and I was like, is that Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? And it was. And I just snapped this photo of him looking so bored with his shovel. <laughs> and I just thought it was so perfect. And I was very confused as to what was going on and mass, mass texted a bunch of people on my phone just like, Y'all, what the, what's happening? And Dylan thought it was the funniest thing in the world. This is my favorite photo <laughs> of this weekend. But the thing that we can't capture in this panel is that it's a live photo. And so what he's actually doing is he's doing this. This is going to be great for the podcast. And he's just kind of going, all right. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of like shuffles in place, shrugs his shoulders and like nods at someone off, yeah. off, off your shot and then like chooses gum. It's but as I, if someone said like, hey, you're about to take a photo with like 400 people. And he's like... All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot. There's so much happening here. Um, I don't I don't know how long he was on the show floor, quite honestly. I mean, you told so he's really there. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, there. No, that's him. Okay. No, th this is him in that exact same booth that yeah. we just showed you a picture of. Why the shovel? It's part of the show. I have not I have never heard of the show. I didn't realize it was a, it was a show. I was extremely confused as to what was going on and I just looked around and I was like, is no one else acknowledging that Mac from It's Always Sunny is here? Am I the only Okay, great. Awesome. I'm alone in this weird quest that's I'm happening. also kind of upset that this audience is not as like entertained by this. Like this guy <laughs> is Okay. Look at this man. This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> but just also, look at I got it. What is he doing? I got a love for an attractive <laughs> man with sorry. a full beard. I just, I mean. You can climb on that raven and be as bored as Mac. <laughs> <laughs> He's, I and hold that so shovel. Bad. So the thing is, uh, I don't remember if it was Dylan or Harris had asked me, like, oh, are you going to tweet the photo out? And here's, here's my thing about taking photos at events like this. I fully believe that you need to get someone's consent to post their photo on the internet, no matter what. I just think that's really important. Oh, thank you. Um, mostly because I've run into situations where people have taken photos of me. Someone took a photo of Rami and I and put it on the internet and tagged us, and I no longer allow people to tag me in photos on Twitter just because I was like, no, it's fucking creepy and it's mm -hmm. not okay. Um, and so I went back and forth in my head of like, should I post this or should I not post this? And then I was like, well, I guess technically I think it's okay because he's doing this as a promo for the show that he's on. But he just looks so Bored in this photo that I was like, that's probably uh, not. This is viral marketing. This is viral marketing work. Just DM it to him. Sure. <laughs> oh, that's more creepy. Now you should flag him down on the floor and be like, excuse me. I, I took this candid photo of you. Can I, think, I use it? I, I think he's it's, so dead inside. He, he's very dead inside. I feel so bad. I mean, just, I don't, you know. He just gave up. He's like, oh, fuck, I have two more hours of this. All right. Well, moving on. Anyway. 
Hopefully the show does well for him. Yeah. Mage, mage quit. Yeah. Is Harris really done? I can help I'm you with this I'm just waiting for Yeah, okay, Harris. How yeah. about you tell me about Mage oh, Quit? Oh, Mage Quit is a fun arena combat game uh, made by the folks at Bullcut Studios. Um, it is basically like if you take all those fun Mario Party like battle modes that you like cross your fingers for whenever Toad spins that stupid wheel, um, <laughs> this is like that as a game. And it's really neat. You've got a bunch of different weapons at your disposal. You can like push people around and basically knock them into this lava. They have like a what, like 16, two 16-player setups? Here. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, it's, it's huge. huge. You, yeah, you can drop in a bunch of friends into this one. Uh, yeah, lots, lots <laughs> no of No big deal. So a couple nine rounds. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah made by two awesome folks uh, up in uh, Michigan. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a delightful game to play with some friends. Good local multiplayer if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate that Mario Party comes, always comes up when you talk about like multiplayer. I hate Mario Party. I'm, it's what? A, I despise that we game. We should play some Mario Party, Rami. Like the, the, the thing that Harris said is entirely true. Like there's, there's those, those, those battle modes things. Yeah, the, yeah. Like the rowing game in the latest one was actually pretty fun when you played with people. I guess so too, because you play like 27 fucking turns for like four and a half hours of just like embarrassingly slow gameplay where Toad keeps telling you to go this way or that way and then eventually you're done and then the last turn the game goes like okay we're now gonna hand 27 points to your like younger brother and you lost <laughs> and it's like well fuck this game forever yeah. what I, the fuck am I doing with my life sorry I should I should clarify I'm not endorsing Mario Party okay anyway. I also hate Mario Party I but love Mario Party you're so. wrong <laughs> Well, Mage Quit, however, is very good. Mage Quit's great. That's what I hear. I hear it's like Mario Party. It's been really, yeah. I have to say, too, it's been kind of cool to watch this team. I don't know them, but just, like, I see their um, I see their banner everywhere. And it's been really cool to see them go from, like, a pretty small booth to just having this giant booth. Like, it's so, it's just, it's always rewarding to see that. It's so fantastic. So congratulations, Bill Quit Studios. Yeah, it's rad. Unlike Mario Party. <gasps> <gasps> Victoria. Boyfriend Dungeon. Boyfriend Dungeon. Some applause. So, um, so Boyfriend Dungeon, it, <laughs> describing it is so funny. So it's a game where you date your weapons and you go off and battle with them. And that is so cool. Uh, so it, it really is part dating sim, part dungeon crawler. So I've been hearing a lot about this game at all of these conventions because... Um, I follow the their community director or their communications director Victoria Tran, who's like given super awesome talks like why fashion and video games suck and why you should care. And I'm like, okay, you got my attention. What's this game about? And I finally got to play it at this convention, and it is yeah, it's super cool. You're basically playing, and you you encounter these super hot people who also transform into weapons in like a magical girl Sailor Moon type sequence. Uh, and then you take them with you as you go through dungeons and you use them to fight and you build your relationship with them to level up your weapons. So that's the game. <laughs> that is so hot. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel there's a missed opportunity to take the photo with the shovel and put it here. <laughs> <laughs> Just Photoshop Mac like behind the person on the left. But yeah. so one of the coolest things about this game too is that your health comes from boba tea. You just collect <laughs> boba tea and drink it, and that's how you get your health. That's so cute. I like that. Uh, Vict uh, Victoria Tran, as you mentioned, was looking for a one sentence catchphrase for this game, and, and I hit her with, uh, "It's not a roguelike. It's a rogue love." <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh no. Robbie, come back. Come on, come on. Let's come on. Let's do this. Let's do this. No, no fighting. <laughs> Bring me a shovel. <laughs> All right. Shovel versus axe. Oh, boy. Shovel ver No, no, it's terrible. I'm sorry. Well, Rami, you, you brought up uh, Just Shapes and Beats earlier. So let's talk about Just Shapes and Beats. <laughs> um, hi, my name is Rami, and I love Just Shapes and Beats. <laughs> Put that on the internet. Yeah, this is actually Anya's. Uh, this, is, this is me. So. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Look, man, I was in a rush. <laughs> And I put the wrong lower thirds on, okay? Okay. He thinks we're the same person, aren't you? Just no, I mean, we're identical, really. <laughs> um, okay, so just... You're all the same person, and that person is friend. Shut up. Wow, good, good save. I'll allow it. Uh, 
So just shapes and beats. Like I think at this point, everyone has. If you've been to any packs, if you've been to any show ever, you've probably seen this game. I am curious though, how many people have played this? Okay, it's kind of what I figured. I figured everybody has seen it, but not many people have actually played it. Um, there's always a giant line. They always crank that sound all the way up to an 11 or 12. It's a little egregious. Um, but basically, this game is an action rhythm game. Um, and there's three objectives. You need to avoid shapes, move to the beat, and die, and then just keep doing that. And that's essentially the game. And so one of the things that's so interesting to me is the, the music licensing for this game. They licensed, I think, like 35 different <laughs> tracks. Like, it's kind of, it's a little intense. But it's, it's also, like, kind of all the same. It's 35 tracks of the same music. Um, but it's, it's co-op. You, you can play it as, you know, single player. You can play it with up to four people. Um, but it's basically a, what did they say? It's a chaotic co-op musical bullet hell which I think is like the perfect way to describe it. It's just, it's just absolute mayhem. Like, I, I think it takes a little time to kind of get used to, but once you, once you get used to it and once you figure it out, it's, you, you want to wreck your friends. It's super, super fun. But not their shit. Not, don't wreck their shit, wreck your friends. <laughs> um, super fun, super excited for them. Um, and also, I'm going to blow Mike up a little bit. Mike is one of the um, creators of the game. He always has donuts and coffee at his booth. Oh, no. Well, so he does that. As someone who was across from his booth at East, they blare their music so loud, they buy those as an apology for their neighbor. Yep. yep. And uh, I heard that gosh darn Mortal Kombat theme song so many times that weekend, I never want to hear it again. Ugh. Mostly I just put this here because I knew it would frustrate Harrison. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm sure it's a great game, actually. I mean, it's probably a lovely game, but yeah. I, I get aggressive from the music now. Yeah, so. yeah. the music is very aggressive, but I, I still, if you, like, playing it is, is so much more of a rewarding experience than just watching it, I have to say. Just, just follow, follow, follow the loudest thing on the show floor, and you will eventually get here. <laughs> All right, well, that's all the games that we have showcased. I want to briefly uh, highlight the people on the panel because some of them are showing stuff on the uh, on the floor and others have really cool stuff. So first off, like I mentioned earlier, that, I am... You say that like it's mutually exclusive. Some of us are showing on the floor and some have really cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, like I mentioned before, uh, I'm recording this. Uh, I have a podcast, weekly podcast, talking about indie games, indie game development. If you want to check it out, there's all the info, ward-games.com, Twitter account, at Ward Video Games. If you look for the hashtag, at, uh, hashtag Pax Hidden Gems, uh, you'll find literally every single tweet I've ever made about this panel for like all of the, you know, the past four years that I've done this panel for. So like, if you want to check out games from the past, I guess. Um, and uh, there's just a bunch of awesome stuff. This will go up uh, up there in like a week or two. Um, Victoria has a game called uh, Gladius that's in the uh, PAX Indie Showcase. It's all tabletop. The PAX Indie Showcase at South is all tabletop stuff. You it's coming have... to Kickstarter, February 18th. Awesome. Do you hear that, Anya? It's coming to Kickstarter. Yep. I like it's, um, it's an Indie Showcase. Inite? Inite Showcase. Look, I put, these pa- I put these slides together really <laughs> fast. <laughs> Um, okay. Do you want to give like a, a one one sentence pitch for what the game is? Oh yeah, sure. So it's a it's an award winning board game where you play as spectators who are betting on and rigging the gladiatorial games. And so yeah, our booth is over there near. Oh, I don't know. We have a red tablecloth and there's a big sign that says Indie Showcase. So that's yeah, Indie Showcase. Uh, Go yes. play it. Um, Flambeer has a booth. Rami, we have a booth. We also have two games. Uh, the left one is Nuclear Throne. And the right one is Ultrabugs. With the new, with the new logo. With, with a better logo. Uh, not drawn in Emma's paint on an airplane during turbulence. Um, <laughs> you can actually, like, the B in Bugs, if you, if you look here, you can see the exact moment the airplane took a little bump. <laughs> it was rough. Perfect. Um, yeah, if you like shooting things, come, come to our booth. <laughs> Oh <laughs> awesome pitch, Robbie. Thank you. If you like shooting things in video games, come to our booth. Uh, Harris. Yeah. Finji. Yeah. Woo. Making a few games. Uh, we got Night in the Woods. We got Overland. We got Tunic. We got Wilmot's Warehouse. We got Merch for Album. Uh, except for Wilmot's. If you want Wilmot's merch, we'll draw a Wilmot tattoo on you in Sharpie. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I got on the floor, anyway. Yeah. You got the new Sharkle pin? Got the new Sharkle pin. That's a Penny Arcade uh, Penny pin. 
Uh, yeah, I got some Night in the Woods pins. Uh, and also you can play our games, which is super neat, yeah. Uh, should I talk about my panel too? Or? Oh right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Harris is doing the uh, the the easy bake off. Yes, the easy baking challenge is tonight at eight p.m. If you want to watch some game developers, including Anya, down there, uh, try to make cakes uh, using only easy bake ovens while playing video games. Uh, it's a delight, <laughs> and we make our judges sign health waivers. Yep. Is and that jokes new? On all I haven't of seen those before. I can't bake. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's back. It's back here. No, it's and actually in the oh. upstairs. Oh, Falcon. Falcon. Yeah. You told me cactus earlier. I right? was wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Anya, uh, Hi. you work at Kickstarter, right? I do work at Kickstarter. Okay, yeah. if you're interested about Kickstarter stuff, talk Come to talk Anya. Talk to me. I'm also in a thousand bands if you're interested. Yeah, you want to talk about saxophone? Talking about saxophone, I'm here. Or avocados. She or has tattoos avocado. for both. I have, a, I, have, I have a saxophone tattoo and I have an avocado tattoo. <laughs> it's very cool. But yeah, that's the panel. Please go check stuff out and let them know we sent you. Thank you. Thank you, Dylan.